I could tell from the look on his face that he was thinking the same thing I was. This was a man who'd watched more than 50 Hallmark movies, and he knew. He knew the secret. The air is thick with holly and jolly. It's suffocating. I try to imagine being one of Santa's elves, constantly working on toys, constantly worried about Santa being kidnapped by federal agents or that'll suddenly disappear one day. Who will make the toys? Who will put candy in children's shoes? I look out my window and see fir trees covered in snow. I think back to the beginning when this whole thing began. What started with a Thanksgiving house and a kid trapped in a Groundhog Day situation would quickly grow beyond our understanding of the Hallmark narrative. We all know the stereotypes. A woman who moves to a small town and remembers what Christmas is about. A business boy gives up his high-paying job to run a Santa hat company. A young boy delivers poisoned alcohol to a man in order to get his dog back. We knew the stories. We knew the ideas. But nobody knew the full story. Until now. This is serial. <laughs> This, I'm Roman Mars. This, yeah, <laughs> those are two different podcasts. I was combining them into one, into the ultimate podcast. Yeah, serial the, hosted truly, by Roman Mars. Serial hosted by Roman Mars. <laughs> it, would, it would get so many clicks. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am the 51st Hallmark movie, Trey Plutnicki. I am the Hallmark movie that disappeared down a darkened alley, never to be seen again, Daniel Kunkel. <laughs> oh, no. What happened to it? It went over to Lifetime, the worst oh. thing a Hallmark movie can do. <laughs> they were workshopping it over at Lifetime, too, and Lifetime just had the bigger tag. Um, anyway, uh, welcome back to a very special episode of The Mistletoe Secret. Every time we finish up... All of the movies of Countdown of, uh, to Christmas for one year, we have a Mistletoe Secret wrap-up episode, where we talk about the theories that we came up with and we cooked up at the ends of every episode. And this time, we're talking about the movies of 2013. We yep. just finished our 52nd Hallmark movie that we watched. This would be our 52nd, I believe, yes. Wow. So we have watched 52 Hallmark movies starting in 2010. Uh, ending in 2013. Yep. Um, Daniel, how many movies did we watch this year? This year we watched, I believe, 14. Let me, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Oh, shit, wait. <laughs> <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 13 movies. We watched 13 films this year. That's fine. Uh, yes, we watched 13 movies this year. Great lucky number 13. What was your favorite one? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, no, that's a stupid question. Uh, the Christmas spirit, Daniel. I, I would say it's a close. It's Christmas spirit and window wonderland those are my those are my top two of of 2013 those are yeah those i would agree with that uh, assessment definitely yeah um, christmas spirit the movie we watched with uh lena and ian of the recovering gleek podcast yeah. where a woman got lightning powers because she got hit by a car <laughs> and uh Window Wonderland, the story of two battling window designers with our great value ryan reynolds Window Wonderland is what if all of the movies were like Window Wonderland, 
I would be so happy. I, Our I jobs think, would be infinitely easier. But also harder, because that was really hard to figure out a connection for. Right, because we were actually watching the movie. We were watching the movie, mi- yeah. <laughs> our minds weren't <laughs> wavering. Um, so, a cu- yeah, a couple of quick stats for this year. Um, we have five main categories that we keep watch over. Um, that was a really dramatic way to phrase that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we keep track of mistletoe kisses, meat cutes, stinkers, dead spouses, and business boys. I don't actually think we went over the stinker or the meat cute rules this year at all. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't have too many of either of those this year. I would say we did not, the no. I would say the little boys were pretty on we were on their best behavior mm-hmm. this year, and the uh, meats were not that cute. Um, so generally meet cutes have three rules. I'll go over meet cutes. Um, three rules. We have the, uh, embarrassing moment. We have the too soon to ask out and, uh, we have, oh, what was the third one? I always forget my third rule. Oh, the belligerent bystander. How can I forget (laughs) that? Uh, the belligerent bystander, obviously referring to a someone nearby who is like hey can you get out of the side of the road i'm trying to walk here i'm trying to order my coffee come on yeah i'm trying to order my coffee can you hurry it up with the (laughs) eyes and the googly um that's what a belligerent bystander is uh do you want to go over the rules for the stinker yes the rules of stinkers there are three laws in order to be a stinker there is the law of the sibling if you have a sibling uh you have to be opposed to or annoyed by them in some way at least once in the movie we have the law of danger which is that a stinker must be must put someone in danger at some point this could be (laughs) physical or emotional danger Uh, and then there is the law of homework or just the law of work which is that they must hate homework or work in some ways. Yes, and, and I will say it's a some of them, category. Yeah, some of the men are uh, pretty. Even though they are not young boys, they're in danger of being stinkers sometimes. Most some of, some of the men are a little. Uh, they're a little terse, if I do say so quite myself. Short and quite willing to put people in emotional distress by being yes. mean. E- yes, and by being mean or just emotionally unintelligent. Yes, or really wanting them to go to Aspen for no good reason. Uh-huh. Um, and, so some stat. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to explain uh, business boys oh, yeah, and yeah, mistletoe yeah. kisses. Yeah. Mistletoe k- kisses is pretty self-explanatory. It's a kiss under the mistletoe. Our mm-hmm. favorite, our namesake here. Uh, and one day bit, we'll find yeah. out the secret behind the mistletoe. Uh, yeah, like, the <laughs> is it the secret under the mistletoe? <laughs> no, it's the secret of the like. What what's inside? Oh, what's you know? inside the mistletoe? Yeah, oh, I think that. Well, okay. Or what's inside I'm the not, mistletoe kiss? Maybe. Right. You know, I'm not defining the terms of what what it means for this podcast to end, but <laughs> that's what I imagine <laughs> us discovering mm-hmm. what the mistletoe secret is. I could agree with that um, definitely. <laughs> there was a movie in 2017 called The Mistletoe Secret, and I, I, I promise think that's you, be it really. I, I think will, that's the finale. <laughs> I will piss and shit when we watch that movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll be the finale. Um, and business then, boys. Yes. Let me talk about business boys. Business boys are just people who are obsessed with their work. They have no Christmas spirit. They are work, 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 business, business, business all the time. And these are different from, these are not necessarily the same category, but usually they involve being uh, a real estate mogul of some kind. We had two new kind of groups be introduced this year. We had the real estate agents, 
um, just kind of the real estate moguls, really. Mm. Uh, and then we had antique shop owners who were our <laughs> sort of new new groups introduced this year. <laughs> yeah, I forgot I said talked about that. Um, Two groups that could not be more <laughs> diametrically <laughs> opposed. Yep. Uh, super funny. Um, yeah, we find that a lot of business boys fall into the categories of like ad execs, real estate owners, and yeah. lawyers. Those are, are pretty much like main three that business boys fall under. Um, but we also got some four business boys in one movie, oof, uh, oof which goof, that movie yeah. was, uh, it was let it snow, let it snow. Um, all right, let's get to the stats. Let's talk about yeah. these stats. Um, so we had only three mistletoe kisses this year that Daniel, you know how disappointed I am in that. That's I'm pretty shocked. disappointing. Yeah. Like, oh, like three. Those three were in Fur Crazy, Window Wonderland, and Snow Bride. Good, <laughs> pretty good, decent films overall. Yeah. Mainly because Window say, Wonderland brings the average up. Right. I'd say that's an above average group of films <laughs> solely because Window Wonderland is in that in that group. <laughs> um, and Meet Cutes, we had 2.5. Pete's Christmas, we gave them half a point because they had already met technically. Uh-huh. But it was enough of like a she was enough of a new person in the in Pete's life that I think I think we can give him half a point because it met all the other parameters in that. Yes. OK. Uh, and then we had Snow Bride and a very, very mix up um, that had these even and like you said, the stinkers, three, three stinkers this whole year, all three from Pete's Christmas, all three in the same movie. Do you think the writers are like maturing their understanding of what makes a good Christmas movie? Because those are our favorite parts when there is just this belligerent kid that's just running around <laughs> causing a, causing a ruckus and getting ketchup all over his shirt. But like, <laughs> do you think that people are like, oh, that's not a good <laughs> part of the a movie? Bo- the boys are evolving, I would say. Yeah, and we always talked about how stinkers grow up to be business boys. Yes. So maybe the stinkers are just growing up, you know? Which, you know, we'll we'll skip ahead a bit to this business boys category. category. Y'all, we got 18 business boys. Three in the Thanksgiving house. Two in Snow Bride. (laughs) Two in a Very Merry Mix-Up. One in Catch a Christmas, Window Wonderland, and Fur Crazy. Four in Let It Snow. Every main character in Let It Snow. Every main uh, character except the mom. As a reminder, Let It Snow is the uh, movie about the tr- them trying to reform the resort, mm-hmm. but everyone has differing opinions about how it should be done. Absolutely. Every character is a business point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, in, and then two in The Christmas Spirit and Hats Off to Christmas. Great. Um, for an 18 total. And then Dead Spouses, we had six Dead Spouses total. Um, dead spouses are exactly what they sound like. If a if a main character has a dead spouse, do you get a point? I don't think, and I think safely, every dead spouse died from a car accident. <laughs> Most I, this, of this, them did this year. I I don't know. It's either it's one usually was a car accident. One was a tractor. <laughs> But but was it? <laughs> Maybe not. We'll get we'll unpack that in a second, everybody. We'll unpack that in just a second. 
Um, uh, do you want to just dive into the movies? Dive into some connections? Let's let's just dive into some connections. Let's awesome. start at the beginning because I'll be honest, I I really have forgotten uh, what the beginning of this year was. This yeah, so we started this year, I think, in October, and October third was when the Thanksgiving House came out. So almost three months, and I think it will actually be. It'll be almost three months uh, by the time you all are listening to this episode. We are recording this the week before because it's a podcast, which means it's not live. (laughs) We're not here in your ears. We're not talking to you live in your ear. And could you stop watching Netflix while we're listening to us? I mean, Jesus. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Thanksgiving house. um, A woman inherited a house which maybe had the first Thanksgiving in it. if if you are if this is your first time joining us, first of all, welcome. But the most important thing to remember is that we're not going to really go in too deeply into the plots. This really is a quick wrap up of the important connections to the larger HCU. So if you want a bigger pro- plot breakdown, go check out those individual episodes. But if you want to just figure out, okay, what do I need to know going into 2014? This is an excellent place to be. Yes. Thanksgiving House featured a <laughs> a man who was organizing a steak cruise. <laughs> the the business boy boyfriend of the main character. Yeah. He was organizing a steak cruise. So you say he is the guy from Christmas Wish. That the there is a co-organizer who is the man from a Christmas Wish. Yes. Um yeah, he is he is like co-organizing this cruise with a man from a Christmas Wish. Which, if you don't remember, that movie was in 2011, I believe, or 2012. And it was about a woman who uh, was homeless. And it was incredibly tragic. And uh, Yeah, it was the movie that radicalized me. Tra- it, made, it made Trey a communist, yep. Um, <laughs> and so, in that movie, there was a character who could only cook steaks. And he took over as the chef of a restaurant at one point in the movie. Okay, you say he could only cook steaks. He that is would. wholly not true. He would not cook anything other than steaks. Mm-hmm. He he could probably cook other things, but he demanded a steak be cooked. A medium if somebody well was, steak, I believe, was, yes. was his exact order. Which, uh-huh. oh. So yeah, so <laughs> I, I submit this to the council. Do we do we agree with this theory? I can I can agree with this theory. Otherwise, a Christmas wish would not be uh would be the Incredible Hulk of the HCU. No, because we no. So Annika pointed this out last night when I was figuring out these connections. Okay, she pointed out that we already connected this man, that same character, to um the movie where the woman went to upstate New York to direct the show. <laughs> because it was, was the same actor so i posit that yeah. this movie takes place kind of in between those two movies okay so this is when he's still together uh with the woman that he got together with at the end of christmas wish uh this is before he's run their relationship and their business into the ground because all he does is cook steaks um and i think this is maybe the kind of the impetus for that breakup almost. And then that leads him into um, the the Christmas pageant, I believe is what it was called. Right. Because uh, who would want to be with someone who is planning a, uh, say it again for me, steak cruise? A steak cruise. They never okay. quite explain it, but I think no. we can posit from that, that they just eat steaks on a boat. Right. Like you tried different steaks 
yeah. like different cuts of steaks on a boat from all over the I I the logistics of it are confounding, but we're not here to divulge the logistics of the steak cruise. No, 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 no. All right, uh, let's move on. I'd say that's canon. I would I would like to say that's canon. I I really um I really like that one. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Pete's Christmas. I don't remember what my note means. <laughs> uh, okay. Let me take a peek. I'm going to take a peek under the hood here. Pete's Christmas. Dad is a replacement. Let me read what you wrote down. Dad is a replacement for Robbo from Hitched for the Holidays and also Morpheus, as in from The Matrix? No, Morpheus, Lord of Dreams. <laughs> oh, okay no that makes so much more sense yeah it's uh so uh pete's christmas is the movie that is uh uh, pete is um having a down and out his entire family just hates him uh on christmas day so he repeats christmas day over and over again or is it christmas eve christmas christmas day Uh, he repeats christmas day over and over again um in order to have in in search for the perfect Christmas, it's yes. like a Groundhog Day movie. And I, I remember what my note means. The dad replaces. So the dad in Pete's Christmas. Remember, he gets hired halfway through the movie in one of the many time loops. He gets hired yeah. to be an ad exec. He is the replacement for Robbo because Robbo gets fired and hitched for the holidays. Yes. Okay. He he is the. Um, That's what that is. He's okay. the executive brought in to replace Robbo on this job. Yes. And the Lord of Dreams is the grandpa. I yeah, we didn't settle on who the Lord of Dreams was. I don't believe. I uh, think I'm pretty sure is... it's the grandpa because the yes. grandpa gives the box, which I'm I'm settled. So like, when we do like this Lord of Dreams thing, we have to settle that he is the one that is putting people in nowhere as we remember from the town christmas forgot yes. the the first film of this series um he he is the person that is like the guard of that he is the the manager slash guard yeah okay so the, and this is the grandpa who gives pete this box that in my opinion gives pete the power to relive christmas day over and over and over again i'd agree with that yeah because then at the end it plays the song and the playing of the song symbolizes the the time cycle has been broken. Brilliant. Okay. So uh, not only I, does Morpheus control dreams, he can sort of trap. I, I would say it's probably a dream, right? That he just makes him dream about living this day over and over again. Um, that's, or are we I mean, that's a great Morpheus's power question. to straight up controlling reality. But like it happens, you know? Does it? I I mean, like the day, because ha- the day that happens is the final day. Like, do you think he and like if he knows all of the events that are going to happen and he does those six spin moves against the, <laughs> the uh, against what's his the what's his faces the uh, what are those kids' names? Those no good at locals. Oh God, the twins. Um, yeah, the two twins. Oh, the the Bronskis. <laughs> yeah, if he's doing those six spin moves against the Bronskis on the football pitch, in the final day, he has to know what they're going to do. So unless Morpheus like has an imprinted like uh, blueprint of what that day is going to look like, and like fate is 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 real, you know, Whoa. like we do not have free will, then yeah, he is 
putting Pete in a dream state. But it, personally, I think Morpheus is uh, is actually controlling reality. Okay, I will. I will agree with you. Yeah, because okay. he he does hog. He he goes hogging. No, he he hogs. Yeah. yeah, and I like hogging being an actual thing that happens as opposed to being a dream. I like that right. a lot. All right. Yeah. Um, canon, not canon. Canon. Love it. Uh, Snow Bride, about a reporter who goes uh, to interview the son of a senator. This was our first sort of taste uh, dropping back in, so to speak, with the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, it's our revisit to sort of the political world yes. of, of the HCU, which I, I was super excited about. There's only r- real one part of the movie that is super critical to the other films, which is the this big gala. Yep. And we know that there is an elf undercover at the gala. Because he is a he is dressed fantastically and he cuts and he he cuts down Christmas trees. He's like runs a Christmas tree farm. So that man is an yes. elf undercover. The idea that we put forward was that these guys, this kind of group of senators and governors and people in power are the controlling people behind the Department of Homeland Security. These are sort of the old hunters is what we called them who, you know, they, they fund the DHS, but that's sort of a, that's just sort of the newest extension of them. Like these are guys who have been hunting Santa Claus for centuries, presumably for what reason we don't know. I, I imagine that meeting is sort of like, not (laughs) necessarily, I, I just imagine the meeting feels the same way the silent auction from get out feels yes. like it's very it's very tug the ear flip the nose undoubtedly undoubtedly you know, yeah like elves are code like the code name for talking about like santas and elves are like oh yeah uh we got any uh keeblers on the appetizer table <laughs> and it's like like that sort of thing like a lot of code words <laughs> um I personally love this theory because um, I think we I think it's not really the current explanation we have of how how why the department the Department of Homeland Security started hunting Santa Claus was because of Sam Elliott's character in November Christmas who founded it with other people who wanted to hunt Santa Claus inside the U.S. government. Yeah, which you I know, like, but where does he get the funding to run this particular branch of the DHS? The, the government? I mean, the government... Uh, do you th- mean, like, private donors? I think there's some private donors involved. I think it's not just government people. I think it is this cabal of international people who want to hunt down Santa Claus. That's fascinating. I think it and gives I us a bit like, more to play with here. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we can, we can per- use that and propel it a little bit. Because I don't know if the um, DHS is a big enough threat that Santa would, like, send a spy in. But if Santa figured out, like, here are the people who've been hunting me for centuries, you know, here, right. here they that, all are. I'm going to spy on them. Like, we know where they're meeting. Because I imagine um, Santa hunters beget more Santa hunters, like, yes. in, in terms of their offspring, you know? Yes. Um, great. I'd say that's canon. I like that as canon. Put it in the books. Um, very, okay, so Very Merry Mix-Up was a movie about this woman who goes to the airport to visit her fiancé, mm-hmm. uh, but she ends up going home with her supposed fiancé's brother, only to find out that her supposed fiancé's brother uh, was not actually her fiancé. Buck wild. Okay. 
So, so very merry mix up. Uh, this woman is a antique shop owner and her boyfriend is a real estate like kind of mogul and wants to help grow her business by changing the location and also get so much more money by selling the current location she's at because it's worth like millions. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I propose because, um, thanks, uh, uh, Love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade yeah. had a real estate mogul. Yep. Um, there were other... Uh, Thanksgiving House was just real estate moguls aplenty. Yep. Christmas uh, Spirit. There p- Christmas Spirit had a real estate mogul. Um, like, And those are just three this year. There are also tons of real estate moguls in yeah. in past years. Uh, well, Love at the Thanksgiving Day Parade was last and year. And I mean, three out of 13 movies being about real estate moguls? Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's little substantial. Much. Yeah, Th- that's pretty. That's a lot. Two um, is a coincidence, but three, it's like that's. Did you could could you not think of another bad guy? Like right. So it, it comes it comes to a point where it's like okay, <laughs> this is this is something you know. They're um, telling us something. Definitely. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to tell us something. So slip a note under the table, <laughs> if you will. So I say antique shop owners versus real estate owners, and real estate moguls being one of the key villains of the HCU. Yeah, canon. We do need to see if there's going to be a connection between them and the DHS, or I think they're just sort of their own thing. They might be their own thing, and that's okay. Yeah, I think that's that's really okay. They're more because, of a spiritual enemy to Christmas. Yeah, I mean they attack. So it's like if we're thinking about it like the MCU. Yeah, there's there's the cosmic threats like um, the like the foes Doctor Strange faces or the foes the Guardians of the Galaxy face. Yeah, and then there's like the street like the street threats, the Nazis, like. Like, right, like the Nazis, like Kingpin, like yeah. how the Guardians guard the galaxy yeah. while Daredevil is the devil of just a small nine-block area. Like, one dude, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. So that's that's what I'm imagining, where it's like antique shop owners versus real estate owners akin to Daredevil versus Kingpin, the same way that, like... The first time we get a real estate agent, though, who meets Santa Claus, it's all over. Like pack it oh, up we're done yeah pa- we're we it, we're sold we're complete i mean we already had santa meet a lawyer like for god's yeah. sake a pra- someone had, practicing law defended in a court of law you'd expect yeah. that to be referenced more i'm that was like we, major news yeah we might we might want to gin that one up a little bit uh more yeah, i would something say there yeah um okay christmas ornament uh, it, it's all, it was all about a woman who couldn't, uh, she, her husband died. And so she didn't want to have Christmas ornaments anymore. So that she started having Christmas ornaments again, because she met this guy who worked at a Christmas tree farm and she makes cookies. Got a lot of connections from this one. Jewel um, state. The actress is her, her same character from call me Mrs. Miracle. And she has fallen out of love since then. Okay. And um, she's Jenna Holly. Cause she's Holly in. Mrs. Miracle, and she's Jenna in this one. You made the very good point that people go by their middle names all the time. <laughs> all the time, Daniel. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm of I like this yes. because I just like I like lead characters having supporting roles in these Hallmark movies. So I'm I'm cool to say that's canon. Great. Um yeah. we also were introduced to her bicycle shop, which is called the Dream Cycle. Okay. We couldn't really settle on anything. We said we'd come back to it. Okay. How are you and I feeling think about we'll the dream cycle now? We'll still come back to it. 
Okay. Dream is in there, and we got Morpheus in the HCU, so I'm thinking I, like we could play a little bit. We could we have room to play Very with that. True. I don't know. But I don't know how canon that's going to be. Okay. Um, and then you made the incredible connection that she is the one who makes the cookies in the Christmas spirit. And yes. so these so, two things take place in the same town. Yeah. We'll get to a Christmas spirit, but there is a scene in the Christmas spirit uh, where there's like this meeting at town hall and somebody caters cookies for the event for all these people that are meeting at town hall. And uh, because this woman from Christmas Ornament is a prolific cookie maker yep. uh, and must sell her cookies, as the rom- the male romantic interest so so clearly states, uh, she must have made the cookies in the movie The Christmas Spirit. Yep. I think it was actually church. I think they were meeting in a church. And then I think you made the good point that in um, in this movie, oh, in The Christmas yes. Ornament, that she said, I was going to take these to my church, but but I didn't. Right. Uh, Just a little the, extra detail that I think really yeah. solidifies that. I It was a church because they died. Yes. And, well, they went into a coma and they their spirit and was... Or maybe dead. And, uh, yeah. I will talk about that in a second because, oh, God, I love... Oh, man. Yeah. Did you, wait, where is it? Where's Christmas spirit on this, uh, it's, on this it's spreadsheet? Further, it's further down. I went in, in the release order, not the um, episode release order. You can do gotcha. Christmas spirit now if you want, though. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. So Christmas Spirit was about these two, um, I would argue, two business boys. I would agree. Um, get into a car crash <laughs> at, with each other at this intersection that has a broken light uh, that just so, shows all four sides green at one point. Perfect for some T-boning. Um and they both go into a coma, and when they both go into a coma, they exist in the spirit world together, and they are forced to spend time together. Um, the connections that we have for Christmas spirit... So many connections. First of all, the biggest thing is that we learned that children of Santa Claus... When a Santa Claus, a retired or otherwise, has a child with a human, that activates what we have referred to as the S-gene, which gives them <laughs> mutant powers. <laughs> right. For for this woman, it's it's electricity. So she has electricity powers when she's in the coma state, but then also in the real world. <laughs> so like it's not my thing is like my favorite thing about it is it's not really electricity powers. It's like charging batteries. It's like Christmas. Yeah, she can charge batteries and she can make Christmas lights stay on for a, a while. Yeah, for for apparently without them being plugged in. Yeah, and we had I could other, also make yeah. Christmas lights stay on and for a while. And we had the other woman who could <laughs> see ghosts. Yeah, we have this. Yeah, we have this woman that talks to the spirits. Yes, uh, as they are navigating the spirit world, and she goes, "I don't want to talk to you guys. I don't want to deal with this. I'm, I'm, I'm hands off on this situation." Insane. But then she like gives advice. Um, yeah. Uh, th- this movie was so I mean that's crazy. just canon like that's just in I'm, the movie yeah no that's that's in the movie like we can't like we're not spinning that tale that's what happened there is a bit uh, of a question over whether we will see these mutants again though yeah because we haven't really seen anything no. else I, I imagine it's only a matter of time before we get to a movie especially because this is like in the heat of like all the superpower stuff yeah and this is like going right on after and, avengers came out like yeah so i imagine we'll get to a point where it's kind of where like powers are happening you know yeah 
this movie is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we're insane. good on that. I think we're good on that. Yeah. Um, Great movie. Next. Definitely would recommend it. Um, and uh, yeah. Catch a Christmas Star. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Catch a Christmas Star. That was about Nikki, who is a pop star, and her uh, deadbeat ex-boyfriend and his kids. Um, and this guy... Our biggest connection with this was that Nikki sings a song called Mistletoe Over Manhattan, which, if you remember, is another movie that we have seen. This is the okay. movie where we couldn't really agree on whether Nikki herself. I think we agreed Nikki is a character in Mistletoe Over Manhattan. She wis- witnessed the events of Mistletoe Over Manhattan. So I. Okay, wait. I remember what I said oh, because God. This, is, this is an insane theory. Yes. I said the song Mistletoe Over Manhattan, mm-hmm. similar to Hamilton, yes. is what what was once a concept album was turned movie after Nikki experienced the events of Mistletoe Over Manhattan, which was then made into a movie. Mm-hmm. So in the HCU, Mistletoe Over Manhattan exists as a film because of Nikki's song. But the events of Mistletoe Over Manhattan existed as reality. The same thing with, like, how AHS uh, Roanoke (laughs) 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 happened in two halves. One is as the dramatized documentary, which is the movie Mistletoe Over Manhattan that we all watched. And then... Uh, in the second half, it exists as the documentary where the where the stuff actually happens when they revisit Roanoke, where those things aren't dramatized; they're very real. Yes. Um, yes. Which just means like everyone's less attractive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's my theory. I like it. Okay, I I am comfortable with that theory. We sort of spiraled on the day that episode. We sort of spiraled. <laughs> But I think I, the way you've just described it now is is very um, clear. Okay, I, I appreciate that because that was what I was trying to say on the day. Okay, but I I don't think I had enough water. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that was a that yeah. was a busy weekend for you. I remember. Uh huh. Um, okay, excellent. I I love that theory. Great. Window Wonderland, a great movie. Just go watch it. I don't really want to talk about the plot too much because it's just great. It's two window yeah. decorators who compete to be the new window decorator. Mm-hmm. What's happening in Aspen? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Window Wonderland, uh, the business boy of the movie who always just shows up in this car, is the boyfriend of the uh, lady window decorator. Um and he always comes up and is just like, hey, we're heading to Aspen. Like, come on, we're going to Aspen. And she's like, I'm working. <laughs> like, my He's business like, is Aspen's the holidays. Calling. I'm working. So Aspen, you, I remember you suggested that is like something like a uh, meeting place. Because it's not really clear what he does, right? Do we have any indication we, about we how, how, what he, he does for work? old money. And she keeps saying, oh, he works for some bank group. Which to gotcha. me screams he works for the government, right? The government is a is famously has a bank group called the U.S. Treasury. Oh, <laughs> uh, which which they which I would imagine the Treasury's offices are located in D.C., but I think all a- the money all the money's in Aspen. <laughs> 
It's hidden in the mountains. So there it's is, like under- there is uh, uh, Cayenne Mountain Air Force Base, which is famously in uh, the Stargate movie. Um, but it is it is in Colorado. So I think he's like, yeah, we're going to Aspen to ski. But then secretly he's like, no, I'm actually gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go to some some compound meeting. I dig it. I, I can get behind that. I mean, he's into sh- some shady stuff. He steps out of the car once in the whole movie. Yeah. And that's is after he, he puts... the car. Is he a transformer, maybe? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm going to deny that. Okay, fair uh, enough. And I'm also going to... If uh, you tell anyone I listen to you say that, I'll deny that. Fair too. enough. Um, <laughs> All right. What's, but, what's happening in Fur Crazy? <laughs> okay. Fur Crazy is actually also connected to Window Wonderland yes. because the reason why uh, the two uh, romantic interests get the job in Window Wonderland is because this woman, Ms. Jeffers, uh, leaves to go to a rival department store to work as the window decorator. Yes. Um, and the rival department store is Colin Mockery's department store. Yes. So that that one led right into the other. Um, we have... Uh, Two more. I think you're better equipped to explain these because these were your theories. Okay. Um, Christmas with Tucker was um, a boring movie about a young boy learning to farm, ostensibly. Learning how to be responsible for a dog. The dog was Tucker. Man, but we know what's up with dogs. Every dog in the Hallmark Cinematic Universe is psychic. They are all the mm-hmm. results of um, Billy Ray Cyrus's dog, who is a psychic dog. Um, and Tucker is a very good boy. Tucker's a very good boy, and he is psychic. Our main theory with this, which is canon, um, uh-huh. is that this whole movie is actually about a young Santa Claus, the the young boy in the movie, being tested to see if he is able to receive this psychic dog, this psychic dog which belonged to his father. His father died in a tractor accident, so they say. So they say. So basically everything in this movie is a big plot to test this kid. He's constantly put up to moral tests to see, what are you going to do? Are you going to do the right thing here? And he doesn't. And he fails. And he he does not become a Santa Claus like his father before him. Or a retired Claus, at least. But his final his final test was stepping out of a tractor, and he failed that. Yes. So he- <laughs> well, because if you can't step out of a tractor, how are you going to step out of a sleigh? That's this is exactly right, and I think that's the principle of the test because he fell on his back and he was like, "Help me, help me!" And before that, he did give um, suspicious alcohol to a man in order to get his dog. True. Um, my my thing is, uh, can we just can I just divert to the movie Christmas with Tucker yeah, for a moment? Yeah, and that that's where exact been, moment when this kid <laughs> fell out of the tractor. Sure. Yes. Because I have something else to say about okay. that. He couldn't get up. He hit the back of his head on a rock, I think. He could, but he couldn't get up. That's like spinal issues. This kid, this kid, when he came out of that, it, like whatever his coma or what have you, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't in like a wheelchair or anything. He didn't have crutches. He just, he just, <laughs> he just got up. See, you see this as a problem. I see this as yet another sign that he is, in fact, a Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. Is maybe right, his S right. gene to heal people? Yeah, healing powers. Healing powers, okay. yeah. Um, we also, I think we're pretty settled on the idea that the Department of Homeland Security killed this Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, uh, tractor accident was a, just, it was staged. It was a cover story, yeah. When in actuality, yeah. you know, if you, if you checked the body under the tractor, there's two bullet wounds in the back of the head, baby. 
Yeah, listening back to this episode, I spun quite the web, which mm-hmm. made me sound like Jim Jordan on the House Judiciary Committee. Yes, quite. Uh, which it was very remarkable. So I would recommend going back to listen to that web be spun because <laughs> I barely understood it and I said it. You uh, you spiraled in a in a pretty cool way, I think. <laughs> uh, next up, we had let it snow. Well, chronologically, we had Let It Snow. We we then watched, though, Hats Off to Christmas with uh, the great Rebecca Schaefer. Biggest connection there is that the dad of this Santa hat company is clearly a Santa Claus. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's played Santa Claus in other movies on his IMDb. I don't think they were trying to hide it very well. No. He's the CEO of this Santa hat company. Yeah, it's it, like it's like ah, eh, come on, um, like, come on, yeah. come on, come on, come on. Um, very yeah, very easy. Um, let it snow. We were introduced. French Santa, yeah, wonderful character of French Santa, uh, wonderful character French Santa. <laughs> oh, 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 he he tickles his long frost mustache, long frosty mustache. That he, yeah, the frost mustache. He tries to make it look like it was not a big deal, but he actually spends forty minutes on it every morning. Yeah, every morning. <laughs> It is the reason why he spends so long is because he has to wait out late at night lying on the grass because it is christened by the morning dew. Oh, a little, yeah. little fresh pine tree smell going uh-huh. into the stash there. Yes. They have oils yeah. for that, but not French Santa. No, no not French. French no, no, Santa no, no, needs no. All, all natural for French Santa. No. Oh, oui, oui. And then our final movie of this year that we watched last week, Finding Christmas. Ah. I forgot what our connection was for Finding Christmas. Yeah, because I <laughs> we just released the episode. <laughs> this connection of oh, uh, yes, for yes. Finding Christmas is is the the maybe the most important connection of the HCU thus far. Wow. Which is I hey, don't don't do that. No, no. Uh f- Finding Christmas gives us uh a doorman who is very obviously a guardian angel. Yes. Right? Uh, this doorman helps he talks Owen. Like this. Yes, this doorman helps Owen, the musician, with his uh, what's the word? Uh, relationship problems that he's going through. It's very uh, generous of you to call. He's it a that, fish but... out of water in Manhattan. He needs he needs all the help he can get. There's a guardian angel that's there to help him. But we are thrown off. We're thrown for a loop because there's this woman who's named Halo who lives on the top floor of this apartment building. Trey, is that Halo like an angel? Daniel, that's what I thought, but... Because the movie keeps telling us that. (laughs) Upon further explanation... Further, uh, you know... uh, Bullshitting, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Further uh, spinning, web spinning, um, we note that the guardian angel, the very obvious guardian angel, Mm -hmm. is at the bottom floor of the apartment building as the doorman. (gasps) And Halo, the faux guardian angel, is at the top floor of the apartment building. I can only conclude that Halo is a guardian devil. (laughs) Wait. Or or demon. Guardian demon. And uh, Halo needs to... Halo and the guardian angel... Every guardian angel needs a guardian demon in order to balance the energy... So, uh, as to, like, mask their identity in the mortal world. So, Daniel, this means every time we spot a guardian angel, we must, 
in order to secure their their because uh, otherwise they're just a good friend if they don't have a guardian demon. There's a difference between a guardian angel and a good friend. Trey, you're giving us a lot of extra work. Daniel, this. no one said this is easy. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I and. Listen, you know, I can complain about extra work all I want. The fact is, uh-huh. what's in the movie is in the movie. Yes. And we can, canon! can never deny what is in the movie. It is canon. We now must seek out guardian devils. Demons. demons. Excuse me, guardian, <laughs> guardian demons. demons. We, have not met, we have not met the devil yet. Yeah. We've no, met the man uh, who was on the naughty list the most times, though. Do you remember that? That is so wild. That's I can't even... Oh, my gosh. What, can I talk most, about that yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was he was last on the year, naughty list... <laughs> He was on the naughty list more than Adolf Hitler. He was on more than Joseph on, Stalin. More than Joseph Stalin. He was on the naughty list more than more, Genghis Khan. More than Genghis Khan. He was on the naughty list more than uh, Tony Mussolini. I don't know his first Benito. name, but I just uh, Benito Mussolini. Benito. I just picked Tony because it was pretty Italian. Um, <laughs> he so he was on the naughty list. More than anyone else ever. Ever! That's so crazy, to say, Daniel! To say nothing of the genocidal maniacs. Oh the my god. horrific human beings who have lived in this planet. This now, that's one either... business guy in New York City <laughs> was on the naughty list more than anyone else? Anyone. Now, that's either like a horrific oversight or... He did some shit. Or we don't know what's up with the naughty and nice right, list. Like, right. we don't know. Because we we haven't really seen the naughty or nice list kind of clearly spelled out for us, right? Right. No, we haven't. And that's something we should definitely... I'm glad we're talking about it now because that there are some things in the HCU that are so confounding that they even exist that we must talk about them more. Because it was um, said in the movie, and I don't think Santa would make that sort of clerical error. Right, but we also saw like what puts something somebody on the naughty list is not answering the phone or like lying about where you are when you actually should probably be working. That's like true. that plumber. I would argue yeah. I would argue rape and genocide is a lot worse than that. Though. Right? I'm gonna yeah, take I don't the know. bold stance here of saying like I don't know, any homo like homophobia, like anything. Yeah, like that's that. pretty naughty. It's pretty naughty. Yeah. Not great. Um, what are some things you want to keep an eye out for as we go into 2014? Uh, French Santa. Obviously. Um, obviously French Santa. Uh, I want to keep an eye out for um, more uh, S-Jeans shenanigans. Yes. Uh, I want to keep an eye out for... Uh, oh, what was the third thing? Uh, Morpheus, Lord of Dreams? No. Okay. I mean, I'll keep an eye... I mean, we've been doing a good job keeping an eye out we've for Dream World stuff. We've caught that yeah. Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got that down pat. Um, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, those two. You want to look out for the S-Genes, and you want to look out for Guardian Demons. Oh, Guardian Demons. That's oh, what that I was what, looking yeah. for. Sorry, what was yes, the first thing? Yes, 100%. Uh, pff, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> well, to, we're going to keep... We're gonna, there's a couple of things we want to keep our eyes out for. On the ground, I am really, really interested in seeing some more some more development for antique shop owners. Because, yes, we've seen a lot, but they've all sort of been the same. Yeah. You know, maybe there's going to be a movie about competing antique shops. Like one person I who's can get like behind that. getting like a cool, hip Target antique shop. And the one person's like, that's not what antiquing is about. What is it about antique shop owners that make them 
you know, such prime vessels for holly jolly cheer. Um, I think it's it's there the honesty. Mm. You know, it's it's honesty and it's innocence that that antique shop owners have. You know, there's something about the passing along of someone else's possessions, not letting it go to it's waste. It's tradition, tradition, right? great. It's yeah. it's the uh, it's the honoring of tradition that makes them Absolutely. so so innocent. But this, that also makes them stuck in the past, which gives them good places to grow. Because that was the that was her issue in that movie was that she was stuck in the past because it was her father's antique shop. I think there is something to it, though, that they are also... They're sort of the closest to capitalism that you can get without going over to the dark side. Because you're... Pro- yeah, you're... Yeah. You're still, well, I mean, you're still... You know, you're still exchanging goods and services. But it's... But it's... There's something still pure about it. There, I think, I think mm-hmm. it's the tradition. I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. Like, it is... Yeah. Well, it's profiting off of tradition, which is like towing. That's tiptoeing. The same way, like Thanksgiving house, they weren't trying to profit off tradition. They were trying to make tradition something to share for free. But the guy wanted to profit off of tradition by buying the house and turning it into a museum. That's very true. So I think so antique shops like sort of tiptoe that line. I love that. Okay. I'm glad we cracked the case. (laughs) very easy um yeah well that's 2013 it's in the bag wow quite we did quite a few decent films that we liked and okay daniel yes i'm looking at um the movies for next year Mm -hmm. 2014 and i see some i see some hits i i see some like what looks like maybe a a a instant hit um are we looking at the same one I see Debbie McCombert's Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle! Um, which I'm very excited about. Very excited about. I'm really looking forward to uh, next year. I'm very excited. Uh, we're approaching our one-year anniversary of the Mistletoe Secret Podcast, and we have very something very special planned for the one-year anniversary, uh, which we're super excited to share with you. Um, do, should I say it right now? Oh, if you want to, yeah, if you want to, if you want to spill the beans a little bit. Yeah, I'll spill the beans. A lot of people have been asking us, uh, Trey, Daniel, I want to watch these movies, but a lot of them are bad. So I risk watching a bad movie and my time is limited. And a lot of people, we hear you. (laughs) We understand. So what we're going to do for our uh, one year anniversary kicking off the Christmas season is we are going to release a podcast and a list uh, like a listicle on our website um, sharing our favorite worthwhile watching Hallmark Christmas films. Yeah, because let's be honest, we've watched 52 movies and there may be 10 movies that I would watch again. And we want to share those 10 movies with you and make sure you have a good, fun Hallmark Christmas season. And honestly, by that point, we'll have watched, I mean, at least five more. So there, yeah. so maybe one of those will be a winner, too, you know? Yeah. So I, we're, I, I'm really excited to, um, to we're di- share we're that. We're diving in with a movie called One Starry Christmas. One Starry Christmas, baby. Um. At the beginning of this podcast, you heard some music written by the wonderful Matt Gittens and also our fabulous intro music written by Colin Robertson. You can visit us on Twitter.com, tweet at us at HCU Secret. 
uh, we always get back to you. Let us know your theories. Let us know, you know, have you yeah. seen one of these movies and you're like, oh, you missed this thing. Please let us know. And let us know your yeah. your favorite theory, your theory that, that oh, tickles yeah. your that tickles your mistletoe. And let me, I, I'll ask a little, <laughs> I'll have a little thing. If you had an S gene, what would oh. you want your S gene to be? Oh, fascinating. Trey, what would you want your S gene to be? What would I want my S gene to be? I think be? it's got to be, I think it's Christmas, still Christmas related, because it does come yeah, no, from No, it has Christmas to be Christmas magic. related. Yeah. Charging batteries, very Christmas yes. related. Um, I would probably want my S gene to be, um, Ooh, no, no health defects <laughs> when eating a astronomical amount of milk and cookies. Okay. That my S gene would involve me not being lactose intolerant. <laughs> yes. And, and my teeth won't rot from the sugar of, of Christmas cookies. Yes, that's a very good one. I either want to have Wolverine claws, but they're candy canes. Ooh. Um, and I can like lick them down and then they regrow. Or, oh. or I'd have the power to hold any glass of hot chocolate and make it the perfect temperature. Not too hot, but not too cold. See, I can imagine someone very close to you uh, regarding the Wolverine candy cane ones. Mm-hmm. I can imagine someone very close to you walking into your room as you're preparing for battle and sucking on your knuckles. And and it uh, <laughs> just being just this very awkward moment of like, what are you doing in here? And you're just ah ah ah. Can I read you the description for uh, to 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 play us off? Can I read you the description for Debbie Macombert's Mister Miracle? Oh, absolutely. This is a little down the ways, but this is a little this is a little teaser for for next season. Harry, an inexperienced guardian angel, arrives on Earth and, <gasps> after ignoring the device advice of his celestial advisor, jumps straight into his first assignment, helping a young woman develop the self-confidence she needs to get her life on track. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Did you write that? No. Are you playing a joke no, on me? It's straight from IMDb. We gotta get uh, we gotta get Debbie Macaulay on the podcast. Daniel, are you? We gotta <laughs> we gotta reach out to her. <laughs> Shit. I'm gonna send her an email. Could we'll see what happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm man. sure she thinks about them as all the same thing. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm sure. Um, that's so funny. Um, yeah, you can visit our website, which is where this listicle will be, mistletoesecret.com. You could also email us at mistletoesecret at gmail.com. Um, do you want to thank someone? I want Daniel? to thank everyone today. Aww, we we do so not nice. we do not divide the world today. Today we celebrate no. everyone who has listened to us lose our minds at fifty two Hallmark movies. We're getting into the point now where I think also people have started to see some of these movies. I feel like twenty fourteen is the year people will start recognizing recognizing yeah. some films because also that's when like things kicked off and it was it's part of the Christmas season to just leave on the hallmark channel yes. while you're doing your doing the dishes yep. and cooking and stuff that's what i do at when i'm at the beach with my grandparents yeah yeah i'm excited for it as i'm i'm really ready for it and we are just so appreciative of everyone listening for real let us know what your s gene are because i'm loud like, really my brain's <laughs> really spitting thinking about these yeah that's so funny what about one what about uh <laughs> What about like a portable mistletoe? Oh, like you can just like open your palm up and then mistletoe like sprouts out. Yeah, mistletoe sprouts out. 
and you could be like, oh, you know what that means, and then like, women like women can be like, what in the? F- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's one person who's like Storm, but they can only make it snow. Oh yeah, it's like making it snow powers. All right, my name is Trey Plant Nicky. My name is Daniel Kunkel, and I'm here to remind you to stay jingling and stay jolly. Thanks for listening.